Welcome to Art Glider. Join your favourite art curators as we chat with all kinds of people in the art, culture and NFT space. Hello and welcome to the first episode. We're so excited to be here and sharing this journey with you. This is our very first episode. So we're going to be introducing ourselves and what we do and chat about what to expect in this Art Glider series. My name's Amelia Colliver. I run Art Pharmacy and Sugar Glider Digital. I've been in the industry for a long time, over 20 years, but been running business for the last 10 years. I started in pop-up shows on Oxford Street in Sydney. I curate art collections. For instance, Deloitte uh, down in Melbourne, and we're doing Sydney's art collection. We do master plan developments, public artwork, and hotels. Anything art related, really. Hi, everyone. I'm Claire. I'm part of the art pharmacy team. I manage all of our artists and work on our marketing as well. I'm really excited about this Art Glider podcast and to be joining the team today to have a bit more of a chat and really talk to some interesting people in the art space. Hi guys, my name's Cass and I'm part of the Sugar Glider team. The Sugar Glider is Amelia's newest business. We are the digital sister of Art Pharmacy. So with all the growth that's happened around the digital art world, we've built this purpose-built business and we're going to be taking on the digital art world and we're going to be moving you guys with us through the space of NFTs and hopefully you'll learn along the journey with us. Um, my background is actually in architecture and interiors, and I'm a creative myself, so I've got a background in ceramics and illustration. Amelia and I were actually chatting about this podcast, I think, about a year ago. It's been a long time in the making, so we're really excited to, you know, it to actually be happening. And I guess, Amelia, what sort of first started us to start thinking about the Art Glider podcast, and what do we kind of want to get out of it? Great question, Claire. Um, I can't believe it's a year. These years are just zipping by, aren't they? Know. Well, basically, we, we, we meet so many incredible people all the time and thought leaders and you can't really – I mean, reading a blog is great if you've got the time. And I thought, look, why don't we just – you can put us in your ears and you can learn. Um, yeah, just it's, it's all about art, culture and NFTs and the people that we meet and, and what we do. And I, I remember when I first started out and I realised that you can't actually go and study to be an art consultant at university. So everything we've done is sort of, you know, making it, making it all up in a way and, and learning and, and um, you know, being, you know, going from the arts and actually being in business is, is obviously very different. Um, doing an art history degree mm-hmm. <laughs> and then being an art consultant is two different um, careers, really, to be honest with you. So um, that's, that's the journey we're going to be talking about and what we do and um, who we meet and how we do it and how we can support artists out there and and how you can be all these people that the, all these amazing clients we're meeting and people that are interested in the in the arts how can they also be a creative pioneer in their own organizations because I think that's actually really important um, it's you know the confidence the art confidence I call it yeah I couldn't agree more and when I talk to people about what I do they're like wow you speak to so many interesting people and so many different people as well and I think that's what's really exciting about this um, podcast is we actually get to you know interview those people and talk about what we do with them how we work with them and you're so right um, about the creative pioneer just people kind of you start talking about creative things and their eyes just light up and they're like oh I just love creative things I love arts and culture and and you see that within so many different people in all different sort of organizations it's really exciting to sort of pick that up yeah I agree as well I think that 
Most people have a level of interest in the arts and culture space and um, I think when you put a connection or a face behind who is actually working in that space, people make those stronger connections. I think that really really resonates and so it wasn't until um, me joining the team and coming into the space and getting to speak to artists and people who work with art on a regular basis that you realise like the passion just lives within everybody and it's it's like contagious and it's super exciting so I would agree that that's probably one of the main objectives of Art Glider is actually to get people involved in that and experience that that joy that comes from meeting people who really just care about what they do. Mm, exactly exactly so we look forward to taking you all on the journey with us. <laughs> all right well maybe we should start with talking about art pharmacy because that is that is your agency, Amelia, that you've been running for the last 10 years. Do you want to give us an introduction into what does Art Pharmacy do? What have you guys been doing for the last 10 years? What kind of projects you guys work on? So, yeah, it's coming up to 10 years in November. Um, we, I mean, we did a lot of pop-up shows in the early days, um, as I mentioned before. Oh, and it's just done a, like, 360, really. Like, going from actually being in a gallery to being now in an office – and consulting, consulting is very, very different from being in a gallery. Um, I think when I had my children, I've got two kids, um, I realised that being in a gallery you have to actually be stuck to a, a physical space and I actually didn't want that connection there. I wanted to be free-flowing. I didn't want to, you know, the Saturdays being being there every single Saturday and that's, you know, in, in the art, art world you do need to have, you know, o- o- decent opening hours for people that, you know, outside business hours I guess. Um so that was a conscious decision to do that route and I brought a, uh, an art fair over from the UK that was quite full on. Um, I'm not sure if I'd do that again, but 10,000 people turned up, had Clover Moore there, it was, had you know, 100 booths and that's actually where the consultancy started because originally it was just art pharmacy online with galleries and I realised actually I needed to be, needed to be more of a consultant so I can work on my own time, on own projects and corporates actually I realised that they had that better flexibility, nine to, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock the decision making within corporates are much better sometimes with working with private clients because usually it's a husband and wife or two people making a decision and uh, it's so personal that it takes them also a long time to make decisions. So I feel like working with corporates, it's we, we've got clear processes of how we work. So that, that's actually where a conscious decision of where, yeah, a lifestyle I've worked around um, how it could work and and the team I've got around me as well. It's really important. Um, but we work on on so many different projects. I think at the moment we counted about fifteen projects. It's actually quite insane, and we've got so many proposals we need to be sending out. So we're in a really fantastic position, and um, I'm always very grateful for, for for the work that we get in because you know we are an arts organisation, and um, we made it through COVID. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really exciting as well to see and, and we, we started recording sort of how many artists we've been working with because we do this work all the time and we were thinking like I feel like we give so much back to our to the arts and culture community and so last year during COVID we were we were thinking about how we can support artists and, and we were sort of track, started tracking how many artists we work with and the sort of um, you know support we were giving the community how much we were putting back in and, and we were really amazed by you know the ability to I think in the last three years we've supported over like 1,500 artists um, in, you know, paying them in, in a sense to pitching them for projects and, and all this, um, it's, it's amazing that the kind of scope we can have um, being a consultancy as well, being able to really like 
leverage how all our different clients can actually support the arts community and have a great outcome from it as well. Um, so, yeah, it's such an ex- exciting time and so many exciting clients we get to work with from, you know, councils and then and then we're in with the corporates to, to kind of everything, really, new developments. Um, so we're stretched very far and wide with what we do mm-hmm. um, and it's such a, yeah, it's a great space to be in. And I suppose on that note about how we've supported artists, I think you forgot to mention the B Corp. Kelly. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so if anyone doesn't know what B Corp is, it's a sustainability certification, and it's a long process. To you, you have to have a lot of policies across all areas of governance in your organisation um, to be uh, sort of supporting and, and affecting um, change creating more sustainable communities and last year we we were like okay we're going to do this uh we went through all our policies and we were really lucky enough to be certified this year as a b corporation a huge celebration was in order after that long journey um and just really i think it really helped us set in stone our, our commitment to what we're really trying to do here which is supporting to grow the um artist community and also to create more projects, just get more arts and culture out there and putting, committing to that with our sort of impact business model that we created was a real step forward into it. And I think it has shown that with the growth that we've had even just the past few months, um, people are really tuning into that. So B Corp is, it's very much linked to ESG, so environmental, social and governance. So that's very much in these large organisations, the Lend-Leases, the Dexas's, the Deloitte's, they have big sustainability goals and uh, B Corp basically fits back into these ESG, um, I suppose, milestones that large organisations, you know, the sustainability element of that. So what it does is it verifies that the business um, meets certain criteria and to be eligible you need to fit within a bandwidth. And so if every year you're audited and you have to be showing that each year you're keeping up with your standards. And so that's why there's so many different policies that you need to register and you need to say, yes, we are considering all of these things within all of the brackets and then you qualify and each year you need to keep that up. So I guess it's like a commitment. You make a commitment, it's a proof of work that you've been doing it for um, X amount of years and then it's a commitment to keep doing it. And I think in effect, um, like Claire, you'd probably have more to say on this, but you then join a community of other other companies and businesses that are also making commitments to meeting those standards within their own industries. So say, for example, I used to work for a coffee roaster and they were a B Corp and it meant that where they were supplying their beans from and the way that they were paying their staff and like what kind of communities they were supporting. So, you know, diversity being really important in the same way that it is for art pharmacy. Maybe actually you guys should talk about what some of the policies that you had to prove you were addressing. Like you had to work with, you know, a diverse um, background of artists. You have to make sure that you're paying your artists a fair wage. It's all of these things that basically allow you to meet that certification. And then you join a community around the world of other people who are doing that and you have meetups and when, you know, when it comes time to recommending other businesses for collaborations, you can almost go back into the B Corp group and say, who else can we work with? It's like a verification and it kind of filters the people into this, you know, very considered community of, of, of people. Mm, thank you, Claire. So that's a really great um, reflection, and especially with the coffee roasters as well. And, and, and it is, it's really hard to actually explain sometimes. It, yeah. Um, 
it's so what we do with our artists is we are always looking for artists we call it uh, culturally language linguistically diverse we look at artists that have got disabilities uh indigenous artists first nations um and male female ratio uh, we also look we always try and find different kinds of artists there are other um organizations and you know i'm not going to name them but that will have just a stable of artists of say 10 to 15 artists and they keep reusing their same artist over and over again and we're wondering why a whole city is looking exactly the same <laughs> um so that is the reason um so what we're trying to do is always trying to think of new art for, for different projects that we get on we actually we suggest different artists for the projects because it is a bit easier just using 10 to 15 artists because hey you just It'd be pretty easy, actually, and our, our, our work <laughs> would be quite easy, but it's not. We challenge ourselves all the time to find new artists. You know, sometimes it can be challenging doing that because they aren't at that right level, but we know that if we are there supporting them, we're documenting their work at the end, we're videoing the, their work, um, that, that we're there supporting them, we give a lot of support letters out to them, that we know that they're going to move on and, and work out in the future we also don't sign up our artists for the rest of their lives um i think that's really important we'll ask that if we do have an introduction that that that's sort of fair we do have terms and conditions that we do work with but we don't i just don't think it's fair um how the gallery model is run like some of them run very differently but i just unless you're just working with those 10 to 15 i mean with galleries they've got sometimes up to 50 100 artists you know who they're working with um I think it's important for, for artists to, you know, build their own career as well because they are their own professional, I suppose, business, really. Yeah, and it's been amazing to see some of the artists we've, you know, given them their first big job or big gig and, and just seeing them take off and grow and start, you know, in all different kinds of arts projects and working across them and even just helping, you know, an artist meet their first public art project um, is, is really exciting and something we love to support. We don't just, as you said, Amelia, use the same artists. We want to take artists who um, want that opportunity and help them thrive, help them really create their vision, bring it to life. Uh, so it's really exciting. That's that's really a, like a core part of what we do and I think feeds back into that B Corp as well. Can I ask you guys a question? What does Art Pharmacy do? Say from a brief maybe hits your table what does the process look like from the brief to the execution of the project? I actually did a process document recently because for the new business, Sugar Glider Digital, and I realised there's about 35 steps to what we do and I was like, holy moly. <laughs> um, so it is actually a lot more complex than I thought and actually, again, coming back to B Corp with making all those process documents, like I basically process the beep, beep, beep out of the <laughs> – I've got process documents for everything and even now I'm like, oh, I need a process document for that and I was like, that is so boring. But, um, yeah, it's – so when we, we get a brief in, we usually go and meet the client, um, have a one-off. Sometimes they don't have a brief. Sometimes they don't have a budget, no budget, no, no, no project. Okay, so a client comes to you and they're saying – we want art in our space or, um, you know, we are opening a new, we're, we're, we're developing a new building and we've, you know, done the interior fit out and we've, you know, there's X amount of offices in there and they say, but we need art in there. And so is that the point that they come to you? Do they say, I've got the space and you are the consultant, so we need the art from you? Is that how Correct. it starts? Yeah, okay. that's, that's right. Because we can, we represent many artists. So we're the art curators, we're not actually artists. Mm. So that's, that's a big difference as well. So, and we're 
the in-between, I guess, that we're the filter for them, um, also filter for artists to support them and make sure that they're being paid fairly, um, the delivery dates, give them enough time. We pay for concepts as well. So that's, so yeah, our role is the art curator, art consultant. Mm. You can have, there's lots of different names, but there is a process and it depends on where they are when they come to you as well. Some mm. of them have a brief and some of them don't have a brief and don't actually know what to do. Um, I've actually I've written about there's four different buckets and I've got to remember <laughs> remember the buckets that they sit in like um, where and also where they are on the art journey as well like how much how open they are to art because some people are like just get me whatever in there and this is a tick box sort of thing but some as we have some clients that are like we love this artist we love this we've seen this overseas we've done this like and they come to, and we go great. Um, and one of our things that we do um, at Art Pharmacy is an art narrative that has been, I think, actually quite groundbreaking. And I've just seen one of our clients recently have done it internally, um, which I thought was quite interesting. That's so lovely. Yeah, in um, two of their projects. Um, and it was teaching people. You're teaching yeah. people how to think about art because I'm sure that clients come to you and they go, we need art. How do we do it? Do we just pick something we like? And you say, actually, there's a process. There's an intention that you need to set. You need to decide what is that narrative. You create that narrative and say, this is what I want our, the art in our space to say. This is what I want it to represent. So there's a lot of thinking that comes before the actual procurement of the art. And so I think, yeah, that's sort of where you come in and you, your experience in that space. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of what happens is people forget that stage. Mm. And that's where art goes wrong I think mm. you see it and you're like that just looks so out of place Wait, or, what is art going wrong what does that look like in a space that misintention like you said oh the intention isn't defined and that's Correct. what the art narrative really pinpoints it's a reflection of so many different things if it's a company it reflects their values if mm. it's a space it also talks to the history of the site um, there's so many different elements that go into a narrative that need to be considered and at the end of the day, it's what makes art work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it does. And then and, and from that stage, the rest of the procurement just floats. Mm. Once you've got that, the artists that we then um, you know, select or pitch for the pitch for the project um, work within that sort of narrative route, they would they would be able to produce something. The concepts that they come up with are based on that narrative, on that curatorial direction, and then it just flows, just flows from there. I think we could have a whole podcast on commissioning art and what that mm. relationship is like with, from artist to consultant to mm. client. <laughs> so, Cass, Amelia, can you tell me a little bit more about what Sugar Glider Digital is? Ooh, Sugar Glider Digital. It is, we are um, the digital sister of Art Pharmacy and we are embracing the space of digital art, blockchain technology and NFTs. So everyone's new to this journey. I think that this technology is the kind of thing that is so ahead of... It's so um, ground... Groundbreaking, I, true. Yeah, I think there's so much mystery about what, it re- what NFTs really are. Well, actually, I think the right way to start talking about digital art and NFTs is to talk about how the art world has progressed because... Technology has always pushed the bracket when it comes to art. You know, when photography was purely used as a recording method, it was just, um, it wasn't valued for the creative license of the photographer or anything. 
that actually grew as te- technology advanced and I guess also culturally as well the shift to be like oh photographers actually have you know license to shoot in obscure ways and to use different techniques to really grow photography as an art medium so if you think about um what technology did for photography to create it as such a respected and you know people probably don't even think about the fact that photography was never seen as an as a, as a you know respected art medium because that that's really what technology has done for it it's made it commonplace it's made it like the same as painting it um and so digital art i guess if you think about digital art it's really just um the creation of art that involves any digital process in any stage of the journey so that includes photography it includes people who are generating work with um, digital tools like the computer um, as well as people who are uh, painters who learn how to um, use you know scans to bring their paint onto the computer and then they digitize it and then animate it so there's a whole full spectrum of um, new skills and technology that people are using to advance the way that they create art and so when they started creating digital art what was happening was their work was coming online and very rapidly people were losing provenance or like they were losing the um i guess creatorship um so we talk a lot about in the art space about ip rights of um what what do the what what are the rights of um the people that created the artwork and the people that buy it so i think nfts should be viewed as a new tool so now that blockchain technology um has pushed for i guess a decentralized um style of, of of data and information ownership what it's allowed artists to do is come into the space and um, reclaim what they were sort of losing it's that creatorship and saying i made this artwork and i think we'll we'll go further into what an nft actually is but i think effectively what we've done is we've witnessed this boom in the digital art space and we've witnessed this boom in tech in web3 and blockchain and we've noticed a lot of like the headlines just talking about um, huge return of investment, hu- you know, sort of people who are just trading in it. And there's this huge question of if I'm an artist, is NFT technology actually valuable to me? Like, do I have to create artwork in a certain style for it to be effective? But I think our role, I think what Sugar Glider at Digital is attempting to do is really go into this space do our best to understand how it really functions and 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 pull apart the really valuable aspects of it and then help our artists to actually navigate that space and see the value in it to know how to use it and and where where they're to learn as the space grows and also to you know hand over that information and help people enter that space and our clients as well people who have heard about this sort of nft space and don't really understand how it relates to digital art a couple of the misconceptions I would like to explore with Art Glider is questions like, is digital art and NFTs, are they the same thing? Are they exclusive? Do, does, can one exist without the other? Um, how can people thrive in that space? How can people make money from it? And yeah, just really like dive in and, and pull apart the bits that might, might just be the headlines and pull apart the bits that's really gold for artists. Mm, exactly. Well said, Cass. Well said. <laughs> So this is the end of podcast one. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to our podcast to keep listening to important conversations we're having about art. Follow our Instagram 